Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game to see Mizzou. It was a Missouri game against Nebraska at Fro Field. Mizzou came out and hung right with the Huskers. Uh, the Huskers were ranked number one at the time. Nebraska had to score a touchdown on the final play to send the game in overtime. I remember Scott Frost threw the ball into the end zone. The ball flew through the air, and then someone dove for it. Nobody knew quite what happened. Fans started running onto the field. They were jumping on the goalposts because we all thought Mizzou won. But Nebraska had actually scored. They called it the flea kicker. It's one of the most famous plays now in college football history. Even though Mizzou lost that game, it made me a fan of the Tigers forever. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit ColumbiaTribune.com slash sports and click tickets. This is the Mizzou Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. We're one day from the start of the SEC Basketball Tournament. Daniel Jones here with Cameron T. Robinson. Cameron, you look like you're about ready to uh, hit the road. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Tired. <laughs> After you yawn. get through that big yeah, yawn. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, so I'm really, I'll be uh, excited to get on the road and get to Nashville. So I can get some sleep. Always a fun trip this time of year to go to Nashville and see the SEC tournament. I didn't know you're a big fan of Nashville. I love Nashville. Great city. Great. I love every time we go there. It's also always a great time. So much stuff to do in Nashville. Right. So if you're going to Las Vegas to cover the Pac-12 tournament, you could try to stop by Larry Scott's villa. So the story in the Oregonian today is about, uh, there is a story in the Oregonian today about where the commissioner is staying in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 tournament. According to John Casano, the Oregonian, Larry Scott will be staying in a suite with its own private elevator and 3,370 square feet of space, a marble jacuzzi soaking tub in the suite, fully stocked bar, and a powder room, plus the services of a butler. Wait, to watch basketball games? That's where he's staying in Las Vegas. That's what I would do. I would. I feel like I would need all of that if I was going to go watch Pac-12, the Pac-12 basketball <laughs> tournament. <laughs> and more. <laughs> $7,500 a night in the area. Uh, hotel and resort. So that'd be the only way I would go watch the tournament. That's true. Actually, that might be the reason why he's spending so extravagantly yeah. is because man, that's going to be the worst tough. college basketball tournament. It's going to be time. tough to get through this this week. Yeah, yeah. that was, that conference has not put a team in the college football playoff in two years, and is probably going to put one team in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I'm currently looking up the bracketology. Also, I had to lean away from the microphone because Danny told me I'm not allowed to type on the desk anymore. That's right. You could hear like these the faint. Um, but so after getting that Pac-12 discussion out of the way, Missouri will play in the SEC tournament tomorrow, game one, 6 o'clock p.m. against Georgia, who they just beat uh, last weekend. I think it's a pretty favorable matchup for Missouri to start things off. I mean, there's no, I don't think, delusion that Missouri's going to win the tournament this year. There's no... The Pac-12 is scheduled to predict to get two teams in the tournament. That seems generous. Two, yeah. That sounds one too many. That, and that seems tenuous. I mean, if Arkansas, or not Arkansas, if Arizona State doesn't make it to the, like the semifinals... They're, ah. a, ten, they're, they're, the ten, they're a 10 seed. They right. just went up to a 10 seed. 
but back to Missouri. So last season, SEC tournaments in St. Louis. At this time last year, Michael Porter Jr. was about to yeah. make his return. There was just so much excitement. There was the, the Tigers were going to the tournament yeah, yeah. this year. They're the 12 seed. They got a lot of injuries. They're missing Mark Smith, who's was their best player throughout the non-conference well, we schedule. Jeremiah the, the, about that yesterday, like the feel of this year to last year. Like, because somebody goes, last year there's a little bit of a different feel because you didn't know if Mike was going to be back. And Jeremiah goes, yeah, yeah, we didn't know if he was going to be back. He like smiled and said that. It's hard to imitate Jeremiah someone, but he's great. <laughs> um, and then he goes, yeah, we don't have this year. We know Jonte's not going to play. He goes, unless we know, so you guys know something we don't know. It was, it was, it was pretty funny. But yeah, it was, it's a totally different feel for the Mike thing. When you look at the bracket, when you look at what Missouri could do, I mean, what's like the best thing that could happen for Missouri this week in Nashville? Don't lose to Georgia. So they win one game. Yeah, I, Auburn's just a bad. It's of those second round matchups of all the teams they could have gotten in the second round. That's the worst matchup for them because of how good, how fast Auburn's guards are, how talented they, how much they could score the ball, um, and how well they shoot. Um, it's just a bad matchup for them. If they can find a way through that, though, and then it's I mean, you realistically. I mean, you could see a way that they could make the semifinal. So if Missouri were to beat Georgia, they would play Auburn on uh, Thursday. Thursday afternoon. And then if they were to win that game, they would play South Carolina. Who they beat once. Which is the four 15. seed. They right, which 15. they crushed. That was at Mizzou Arena. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you you could see a, a way where Missouri could potentially make it to the semifinals if yeah. they and then you get, find a way to beat Auburn. And then you get LSU. Yeah, who so. has its own share of uh, difficulties. Right. I think LSU is probably the most talented. I don't know. They're explosive team. Yeah, I think they're the most talented team in the league. They just got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, they finished the they finished the season all right. They yeah. they clinched the uh, Again, Seoul Conference Championship. Is that they right? Had, yeah, outright championship. They could have had nobody play that game, and they still would be Vanderbilt. <laughs> That's true. They did. I mean, if you're going to have, if, if you're looking for a day where your coach isn't going to play, your, your coach got suspended, Javon, one of your stud freshmen isn't going to play, the best day. And I don't think Nas Reed played. Your freshman of the year candidate isn't going to play. Do you want to play Vanderbilt? Does Vanderbilt, We I think we were talking about this the other day. If you're Vanderbilt, do you get rid of Bryce Drew after this season? It's hard, man. You can't not win a game. We were talking there hasn't been a team that's gone winless through the SEC in more than 60 years. Yeah. And that was that was Georgia Tech, who's now in the ACC. Um, yeah, man, that's tough. I don't know. I think you could justify it because you can't not win one game. Even Kim's team won, won a game. That was the argument that I've made. There, I mean, Missouri was the I, laughing stock of the yeah, SEC. I've been back and forth on it. And, and uh, granted, that was for three straight years. Yeah, Vanderbilt's really only been that way for this year. One, yeah. Last year, so last year they, I, th- I was thinking that they did make the tournament, they missed, but they, they did just, not. They just missed. Yeah, they won six games in the conference. This year they won zero. Yeah. And so this is this is Drew's third year. Sure, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. his first year they did make the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Then they and then they year. missed, and now they're winless in the conference. Yeah. And I guess, and I think the excuse that a lot of people are going to make for that is, is that like. Oh, Darius Garland got hurt towards ACL in the beginning of the year. They were doing pretty well until then, and everybody's to put like, Jonte tore his ACL. I mean, and Vanderbilt's recruiting class is better than 
Mizzou's recruiting class statistically. Like if you just look at the rankings. Um, yeah, man. No, I agree. I mean, for it's one thing to have a player get hurt, much less your best player. It's one, and it's another. It's thing. another thing for your team to totally capitulate, yeah. and not yeah. win a game yeah. as a result of it. Yeah. Elsewhere in the bracket, so tomorrow. Well, tomorrow's Wednesday, but Thursday, the second round is where things start to get pretty interesting. Um, kind of surprised, honestly, to see Arkansas as the nine seed. I I would have expected the way the season was going for them to be a little bit lower. They almost didn't get that seed. They almost, uh, I think they beat, they had to get two good wins in the year. I believe so, but... Um, yeah, they almost didn't get that seat. They lost. They lost at Kentucky. Then they won at the end of the year. But yeah, it was like for the last, going into last week, there was like a scenario where they could be a bottom four seed, and Missouri could have been a first round buy. Alabama is a bubble team as the ten seed. They will play Ole Miss in the second round. Although I think Alabama's tournament resume has Depends taken some hits. Yeah, if they were similar to what they were. They were in the same situation last year, and then mm-hmm. Colin Sexton took them on a run. If they can beat Ole Miss. I think they're fine. They made it to the uh, semifinals last yeah, year before yeah. losing to Kentucky. Yeah. And then Arkansas actually ended up playing Kentucky in the championship. Is yeah. that right? Maybe. No, I don't think Arkansas made it to the championship game last year. No? I'll look it up. Okay. Yeah, I could be wrong. You could be right. I don't really remember, to be honest with you. Or was it Tennessee? I think it was Tennessee. Tennessee? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I was thinking two years ago, Arkansas played Kentucky in the championship game. But... I mean, you look at the SEC and you have eight teams that are probably going to make the tournament. LSU, Kentucky, Tennessee. Yeah, Arkansas lost to Tennessee and they got stomped by Tennessee in the semifinal last year. Okay. Oh, man, Alabama got stomped by Kentucky in the semifinal. (laughs) Those Cinderella dreams died fast. Yeah. But there's probably eight teams that will make it for the SEC. LSU, Kentucky, Tennessee – uh, Auburn is in, Mississippi State is in, Ole Miss is probably in, and then between Florida and Alabama and Alabama, yeah, that's uh, Joe Lunardi has seven with Alabama being one of the first four out, mm. and uh, Florida being one of the first, the last eight in. Okay, um, Florida's the eight seed. They'll play Arkansas yeah. at noon on Thursday. I think if Florida beats Arkansas, they're fine. I don't think they'll get hurt by losing to LSU unless, again, unless the bubble shrinks. Because we've seen that shrink. I mean, with Bradley won, West Illinois beats out to go to state. Like the bubble just continues to shrink. Um, but Alabama's going to have to beat Ole Miss. Oh, because Ole Miss is a determined team right now. Have you been keeping up with any of the other conference tournaments that are going on right now? It seems like of all the years, so like it's been building for a while that these bubble spots keep going to these horrible, yeah. you know, power five teams, teams with the conference records below 500 yeah. they're really not that good they just have the benefit of playing a tough schedule because they play in a conference power f- yeah. i feel like it's been building for a while the pushback against that like this is kind of ridiculous yeah, it's going to be bad especially when belmont doesn't make the tournament exactly this is kind of ridiculous that those teams are the ones getting in when these mid-majors which have records with you know 20 wins i'd uh, much rather see are Bel- missing out yeah i'd much rather see windler and belmont or mike dom and south dakota state in the tournament than florida who plays at this one of the slowest places, places in the country. Right. Or right. Texas, who started well and then just gave up the rest of the, the rest of the year. I mean, Texas' resume is literally built on the win on Purdue. They have went over North Carolina and went over um, another really good team in the first third of the year. And then the rest of the year, they beat Kansas, and that's it. Like, 
Um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I would rather see good mid-major teams in a tournament than un like bad, boring, uninspiring yeah, power five teams. Right. I mean, those mid-majors. A lot of those teams have legitimate star power. Yeah. Obviously, John Morant at Murray State is the kind of right I'm headliner s- of all of which them. Which is a very good. I'm glad he got in. Right. But because um, he sure they surely would have been out. But I, I agree. I think that uh, that's true. I think I, I feel like this year might be the year where that swings back a little bit. Yeah. Although it's hard to say because another reason why those teams are the ones getting the at-large bids is because they bring in the money. I don't think right, there's yeah. any doubt that that has a part to play. That Texas, if they're in the tournament, will bring more people to than, watch, yeah. than Belmont. Belmont will. Yeah, yeah. So that's complicated equation. Yeah. But I think this might be the year where there's some pushback on that. Uh, all right, Cam, what is an upset that you see happening in this year's SEC tournament if you had to pick one? Um, if I had to pick one, I had to pick one. I would go Florida LSU. Florida almost beat LSU at the end of the year. Um, that would be a massive upset. Yeah. Eight over the one at LSU in the quarterfinal. just seems to be a team that literally, I think they're the, either the luckiest team in the country or the best late game team in the country because they always seem to like put up some kind of comeback late. But LSU's got a lot going on. They're going to be off for two days. Well, really almost off for a week since they won the SEC. Javante Smart's not going to play because he's still suspended. Their coach won't be there. I'm not. I imagine Nas Reed will play, but we're not, I'm not sure. I'm not positive. But um, and Florida's the team that can slow the pace down. The best, probably the best defensive team in the country, not the country, the conference. Um, either them or Kentucky, and I think they have the talent to slow them down like they did the other day. Um, I don't think. I mean, like if I'm picking one, that's the one I'm picking. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if I was forced to pick an upset, I'm gonna just go big and say call Florida LSU because I don't think Mississippi State's beating Tennessee, Auburn, Ole Miss aren't beating Kentucky. I think you're you could pretty much write in pen Kentucky and Tennessee in the semifinal. Um, I don't think Auburn beating South Carolina is an upset. I would expect Auburn to be South Carolina. So <laughs> that was going to be the one I was going to pick. What Auburn beating South Carolina? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's yeah. unlike you, Cam, to go so bold. I, I, think, I have to say, I don't know. I think they could because they almost beat them early. Like, what's I'm trying to look it up. They lost 79-78 at home um, in overtime to LSU. So yeah, that was just a couple. That was last week. Yeah, and they lost at Kentucky right after by eight. So I, they're not playing bad. Um, so if they, if they can pull that off, I think. That'd be, that'd be a real big resume builder for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you took away the one I was going to say, which was Auburn beating South Carolina, oh. which technically, I mean, in any other circumstance, wouldn't be Seed much wise. of an upset. Seed-wise, Seed yeah. it would be an upset. Uh, I also am going to go with, I think Tennessee will beat Kentucky in the semifinals. Uh, I'm still on the Tennessee bandwagon for now. I feel like they're the most consistent team in the league even though they haven't really I think that uh, <laughs> I think that team despite what has happened in the last 4 weeks I mean they they lost to Auburn on the road and Auburn just I mean that that was a close game it came down to the last like three possessions Jared Harper hit a deep three that won the game so it's just like that game is decided on a coin flip yeah yeah so I think Tennessee will be right there I think they'll beat Kentucky Here, my for the second time this season and and they'll they'll complete that they'll win that se- season series and make it to the championship my game. thing with Tennessee is they have haven't beaten a team away from 
her home court, not a team, a top a top tier and elite team away from the home court since they beat Gonzaga in December. I mean, they, they had a chance to go to Kentucky, got stomped. They had a chance to go to LSU, lost. They had a chance to go to Auburn and lost. I mean, they other than that, they haven't played really. Those are all away games, so they're not on a neutral court. Right, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, but what I'm saying is they haven't gone outside of their comfort at home. They've struggled. They and, struggled. And, they've lost four games all season. Yeah, they haven't played anybody else. Besides uh, Gonzaga, that's the the three teams you just mentioned: Kentucky, LSU, right. Auburn, all top twenty-five teams. The, Any I, did, team did I not say? Did I not say elite team? Elite. Yeah. So so, so if you want to be an elite team, you got to beat an elite team. Look away at from Kentucky's home. record. What what has Kentucky done on the road this season? They have. They got stomped by Duke early. They have. They beat Auburn at Auburn. They obviously beat Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt. That's an oh yeah, one. that mark marked that one on the. They lost at resume. home to LSU by two. That was off that uh, tip ball. That pit, tip ball, yeah. Um, and then they lost at Tennessee. So, so what you're telling me is that Tennessee, which has lost the, four games all in season, the last month of the season, has struggled away from home. Correct. They haven't struggled away from home. They have lost to. The elite, like you're talking about the elite teams Correct. in the league. And you're talking all top are we 25 not, teams. Are we not talking about elite teams right now? You say struggled. They, uh, any team would struggle in that environment. We're Duke talking, has struggled to do that at the end okay, of the season. Okay, that's without Zion Williamson. Still, I mean, still though. Okay, we're just talking okay. about losing your best player doesn't mean you have to capitulate. I don't feel like Tennessee has struggled. They they got their butt kicked by Kentucky. Yeah. What was the score against LSU? Uh, they lost in overtime. They lost in overtime at LSU, LSU and they lost to Auburn by four. By four on basically what was decided on a deep three by Jared Harper. I'm just saying, I would like to see them win away from home. Beat a good team away from home. Okay. I'm telling you it's going to happen in the semifinals. Okay. They're going to beat Kentucky. Okay. That's what I say. Okay. Uh, when we come back, we're going to stop real quick for a break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the women's basketball team's tournament in uh Greenville, South Carolina last week and coming up in the NCAAs and then we'll have a quick football update as well. I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsors of the Mizzou Sports Podcast, AMU Healthcare, Columbia Water and Light, and Phyllis Nichols of State Farm. The University of Missouri Healthcare is proud to be the official sponsor of Mizzou Athletics. Columbia Water and Light encourages the efficient use of electricity and water because it can make a big difference for all of us. Find out more at ColumbiaPowerPartners.com and contact State Farm agent Phyllis Nichols at 573-443-8727 for life, home, car insurance, and more. Thanks again to our sponsors, and now we'll return you to the podcast. We are back. Cameron T. Robinson and I, and we just finished our discussion about the men and the SEC tournament this week, but the women's SEC tournament uh, was last week in Greenville, South Carolina. Missouri made it to the semifinals for the first time in their history at the tournament. It's our best uh, ever showing there, winning two games, uh, lost to top seed Mississippi State in the semifinal what was the score, Cam? I can't see the score from here. 71-56. 71-56. Uh, game that Honestly, didn't even really feel that close. Uh, I mean, Missouri was able to kind of keep it close a little bit. They made a couple of runs in the second half to get within single digits. But ultimately, uh, 
was they were just were not connecting on enough outside shots. Sophie Cunningham was really the only player that was giving them any consistent offense. And uh, Tierra McCowan down low, it's nothing nothing Missouri yeah. could do to stop. They don't Tierra have the height to do that. Yeah, there's no. not a lot of teams in the country that have the height to stop her. Right. So uh, ultimately, uh, I think it was a net positive uh, for Missouri on the week. They beat Florida in the second round, which you know they that's more of a. Uh, I think personal victory for Missouri to get revenge on the team that kind of set their season on a weird track. I mean, if that, if there's no loss to Florida in the middle of the conference schedule, I think Missouri's year looks a lot different from the outside. So they beat Florida in the second round and then they beat Kentucky uh, in overtime in the quarterfinals, Kentucky being the four seed and a team that beat Missouri by double digits during the regular season. I think they did, enough to improve their tournament resume this last week. Yeah, but you would think so. I mean, getting a win over Kentucky, who's was seated higher than you right now. Um, I don't know. I would I would think so. Yeah, I, I, I felt so too. Uh, in the latest Bracketology on ESPN, though, they actually went down a seed line from five to six. Right, which, again, I think is more because of the S, how many teams SEC has in the top four seeds. But, again, like, to, the, to that argument, if you're going to drop Missouri, why drop Missouri and not Kentucky? Because Kentucky's still a five seed. Um, and I get, I get they split, and I don't know what Kentucky's resume is. I don't know all the intricacies of women's basketball NCAA tournament resumes. But, I mean, I feel like whatever win Kentucky has should be overwritten by Missouri's win over them in the SEC tournament and Missouri's win over Mississippi State. Like, I understand Mizzou lost to Florida, but um, yeah, I don't understand why they can't be a five seed. But again, at the same time, there's a difference between a five and a six seed really isn't anything. You're still not hosting. You're still going to play probably a pretty good team in the second round if you can get through your first round game. It's just a difference of do you want to play a three seed or four seed? And I guess it's a difference of if you get out of that pod, do you want to play a one or a two seed in the Sweet 16? Like, would you rather be in Kentucky's... Um, pod and play UConn in the Sweet 16 or Missouri's pod right now and play Iowa in the Sweet 16. I'll take Iowa. Again, it's probably not a good matchup, but still, I don't want to play UConn. Yeah, you'd want Iowa and not UConn. I think just in general, you want to avoid playing UConn as long as possible. Yeah, exactly. Get through as many rounds of the tournament as you can before facing a juggernaut. Again, I I felt like it was a, a net positive. I mean, Missouri's history in the SEC tournament, we talked about this last week, has been not good. They had only won one game in the history of the tournament, in their history in the tournament before this year. Uh, last year, they beat Ole Miss, which is the 14. Missouri's gotten the upset team. So last year in the SEC tournament, they were the five or they were the sixth seed, I believe, and they ended up playing the lowest-seeded team in the tournament, Ole Miss, Mm -hmm. and that was their first win in SEC tournament history. And then they played Georgia and just had a really frustrating night and ended up losing in the quarterfinals. So this year, I mean, to kind of break through, they won two games, they got to the semis. Uh, I think that was a net positive. You kind of wonder what the future might hold for Missouri in the SEC tournament without Sophie Cunningham next yeah, year. Yeah, worry what the future might hold just in general without Sophie next well, year. Well, yeah, that's a good point. That's kind of underselling, I think, uh, the impact of Sophie Cunningham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that game against Mississippi State, it was that it might have been more apparent in that game than in any other game this season just how 
of a important role she plays. I mean, she opens up everything yeah. for that team. Yeah. Passing, everything. Uh, you know, her shooting ability opens up lanes for other people. Uh, and in that game, and I think it happened in Kentucky a little bit, but more so, especially in Missouri against Mississippi State. I mean, Missouri is doing everything they can to get Sophie Cunningham the ball. It kind of reminds yeah. me when I was a kid, growing up playing soccer, there was one kid on our team that was far better than everybody else. And most of the time, everybody wanted to pass him the ball, but especially if our team was losing with like yeah, 15, get, yeah. 10, 5, get him the ball. It, yeah. Literally at every opportunity, it was like there would be acres of open space in front of me or anybody else on our team. And this guy would be covered by three people. Get him the ball. Yeah. Let him, let him do. And he plays professional soccer now in the USL. It's the second, the league under MLS, which, um, yeah, but that's kind of how it feels for Missouri. It's like yeah. when in doubt, get Sophie the ball and let her just figure it out. Yeah, no, I, and that's how it should be. I mean, eventually you need other people to, that's the thing with the women's team. It's just that it, when Sophie's going and no one else is going with her, they're not going to beat anybody. Um, that's that's their that's their hard part, but I think Sophie is good enough to carry them to at least through the first round and to the second round. But you need Amber Smith, you need Sierra Porter, um, you need them to be consistent if Missouri's going to make an NCAA tournament run. They also are going to need to play better defense than they played in the first round of the NCAA tournament last year when they played Florida Gulf Coast and Florida Gulf Coast, which was the most prolific three point shooting team in the country, basically just drove by them possession after possession and uh kind of ran away with it ended up beating missouri by double digits in a first round upset i think uh well we sophie cunningham became the all-time leading scorer in mizzou history during that mississippi state game early in the game but yeah as you said i mean amber smith didn't take a shot until almost the fourth quarter i I think it was a fourth quarter i remember seeing her first shot yeah, because we both watched it. The yeah, they mentioned it yeah. uh, during the broadcast that it was Amber Smith's first shot of the game yeah. coming in the fourth quarter. That can't happen. You, yeah, you definitely need more out of yeah. the. Yeah, out of Amber Smith, who's one of your best players on the entire team. Yeah. Most versatile and, and one of your most aggressive offensive players. Yeah. At any rate, that'll be selection Monday. Monday. Next Monday. So yeah. it'd be a day after the men's tournament. Uh, bracket is released. Missouri will find out exactly where it's going, and uh, I'm guessing that there won't be a deep run by the Missouri men. So the March Madness that will happen will be probably coming from the women this year. Yeah, you don't want to rule it out, but I don't think the men are getting probably probably not going to happen. They're not. I don't think they're going to win the SEC tournament. So actually, really quick, uh-huh. somebody asked Kansas Martin about that the other yesterday. About like is the conference as wide open as everybody says it? And the council goes, no, that's not true. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, there's three teams. He's like, there's there's the teams at the top, and then in the middle, it's kind of wide open. But like, I think everyone knows it's LSU, Kentucky, or Tennessee's tournament to lose. Like those three teams. If one of those three teams doesn't win the tournament, something went real wrong. <laughs> is it wide open? No, no not really. Yeah. it's not that wide open. Yeah. Gotta love that refreshing honesty yeah. from Conzo Martin every yeah. once in a while. Somebody else asked Conzo Martin the other day about uh, the players, right? So uh, it was the the guy that plays for the Celtics, Jalen Brown. Oh, yes, and Michael conference. Porter. Yeah, he was like the impact of, of high them in their first picks. years. Yeah, he said it's good if they play. 
He that's so many so many words. He had a long drawn out answer, but he pretty much said it's good if they play. The impact of those players is can be high, yeah. except they have to be on, on the, the court floor. for yeah. it to happen. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to touch on before you take off for Nashville, Cam, you're Sheldon Richardson. Yes, Mizzou <laughs> made. <laughs> Welcome to the Browns. <laughs> I'm glad you interrupted before I could even get the words out. Big Sheldon fan. Richardson is now a Cleveland Brown. Big fan. Making a lot of money. Yeah, that was a need. That was a necessity. We needed another defensive tackle. You needed a, the Browns did? Yep. Okay. Yep. We to go it. with Miles Garrett on the defensive line? Yeah. And Larry Ogan Ginobili. I don't know how to pronounce his name. And now Olivier Vernon. The defensive line is loaded. I thought he was a linebacker. No, nah, Olivier Vernon is a defensive end. They played the Giants. Giants played him out of position, like linebacker, defensive end. Sometimes hybrid. Ah, uh, the Giants played him out they of position. Did. Now he's playing. He's playing. He's going back on the defensive end. The Browns will not no, be so bold as to put Olivier Vernon out no, of he's position. Not a, he's not a. He's not a coverage linebacker. The Browns need coverage linebackers. He's a get get down on line, go get the quarterback. Is this going to be the year, Ken? Yep, facts. It is. Playoffs. Man, this is... I thought you would have learned by now. Listen, man. Listen. All I'm saying is this... Where did it go? I had... The, How many times have the Browns gotten your hopes up since you've been I've alive? never, never like this. Never like this? Because the rest of the conference sucks. The hey, Ravens just got rid of their two of their best defensive players. Take it easy. It's not the rest of the conference that sucks. It's the rest of your division that sucks. Same thing. Oh, yeah, true. I apologize. Yeah, I thank apologize. you. Sorry, Chief fans. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, Antonio Brown's gone. I don't care about the Steelers now. The Ravens just so got that rid- was what was holding you back the whole time. Yeah, was Antonio he's Brown. And the, the Ravens just got rid of Eric Weddle, C.J. Mosley, and Terrell Suggs. That's three of their best defensive players. And their quarterback is Lamar Jackson. I'm not worried about that. Also, the Bengals might be the worst team in the AFC. I was next just going to say you probably need to be worried about the Bengals. They're probably going to be the worst team in the AFC <laughs> next year. So I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Wow, defense is loaded. We're going to be good. We got Baker, and we're about to trade for OBJ. Of of course you are. Yep. Who are you going to trade for OBJ? I don't care. Trade everybody. Yeah, Olivia Vernon. Yeah, oh, yeah. Bye. <laughs> Go back to the Giants. Sheldon Richardson. It's been fun. Yep. We being excited for OBJ. one hour yep. until we traded you for M- OBJ. Yep. Almost an MPJ. I don't want. Get it? You get it? I don't want back. But nobody with back issues needs to play on the Browns. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. If there's one thing the Browns are good at, it's not letting you down. So you never got that, that you got that going for you. Yeah, I've never been let down by the Browns. The Chiefs got an yeah. SEC guy, Tyron Matthew. That's pretty exciting. I think it's kind of rare that the Chiefs. It's kind of rare that any Kansas City team ever signs anybody in free agency that is actually yeah, I think relevant. They, I think they know. Like we got a window here. Yeah. Before we got to start paying all these people big money, let's go. Won a Super Bowl. I know it's kind of scary because a lot of teams have that window, and the window you think the window's going to be open, and then it, it's not. And then it's not. Yeah. The Jaguars they thought the window was open. Was it really though? You, how big can they the made the be? AFC Championship game? But how two window years can ago? you be? Window be as you have Blake Bortles. I'm just saying when you make it that far. The expectation is like always can. that it is there for you that next year. I feel like you guys are fine. You don't have Blake Bortles at quarterback. Wait, I, I, all I'm saying is the Jaguars made it. They brought back pretty much their entire team, and then the next year they sucked. I think everyone kind of knew they had a ceiling because their quarterback was Blake Bortles. 
Everybody but the Jaguars. Yeah. Everybody but the well, Jaguars of course, general Ra- manager. Rams, uh, that team is the cockiest <laughs> except, team in the NFL. Jalen Ramsey. Oh, yeah. Jalen Ramsey is like, our quarterback is terrible. Yeah, Can we team, get a new one, please? Yeah. They uh, they might be. If they get a quarterback, they'll be pretty good again this year. Yeah, but, Nick Foles is going to be a yeah. Jacksonville Jaguar. So I think it opens things up for Drew Locke again. All the, all the movement. Uh, the Broncos are moving Case Keenum. So I think that opens the door for them to take a quarterback. Yeah, I Joe saw, Flacco's not the long-term fix I saw, there. saw a report that uh, actually it was a tweet by Benjamin Albright, who's kind of like the quarterback draft. He's really like the, a draft expert at NFL.com that focuses on quarterbacks, saying the other day he wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders selected Drew Locke with the number four pick in the draft. Wow. That would be bold. Yeah. That would be very bold. I don't get that. Were they trying to trade Derek Carr? Maybe. I mean, he wasn't very good last year. Nobody on that team was very good last year. No, nobody was. John Gruden also was the coach at the Senior Bowl, got to know Drew Locke during the Senior Bowl, so there is a little bit of a connection there. Uh, That would be strikingly old. I mean, that would would definitely make Drew Locke the first quarterback. eyes would like Antonio Brown. Right, at Las Vegas. That would be a franchise with a lot of potential in the next few years. Yeah. so yeah, the the market is open up for quarterbacks. A lot of movement. I'm sure the Browns won't let you down, Cam. Hey man, I I they've th- never done it before. Listen, I think all the times I got my hopes up, they were like it was like we got to be good sooner or later. But now I feel like like I look at the roster and I was like, man, there's actually talent there. So I don't know. We'll see. I think they still need to do, do a few more moves for me to think they're postseason lock, but. I, I think, I mean, they're definitely going in the right direction. It's a direction I've never seen ever in my entire life. It's exciting. The Royals did it when I, a couple years ago. I grew up with the Royals being the worst team in baseball for pretty much every year of my entire life. And then one year they figured it out. Yeah. And then they and then we talk about when the window closes. Oh yeah, it they, closed fast. They it did close fast, yeah. but it they kept it open for one more year where they were the best team in the American League all yeah. season and they won the World Series. Yeah. If, if the, the Royals can do it, I think I think the Browns can maybe, do it. I don't know. We'll see. If the Browns <laughs> I mean, and we watch a lot of football together, but the Browns and Chiefs play together we in the AFC championship game, we couldn't watch that game together. No, that would not that would not be No. That would not end well. No, our friendship would be over. <laughs> That'd be bad. Yeah, Tyler Murray is a New England Patriots fan. Yeah. And then things were a little frosty after that yeah, for a while. But eventually, Tyler Murray, uh, sports reporter at ABC 17, I think we were able to reconcile our differences. Yeah, I, I don't have any uh, any angst against Tyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're about to head off for Nashville. Yeah. Photographer Hunter Dyke just walked into the room. Yeah. I think it's time to go. Yeah, it is. So, uh, yeah, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, rate the podcast, but only if it's five stars. If it's not five stars, again, like I always say, DM Danny Jones at Daniel underscore M underscore Jones. You can tweet me all your nice thoughts at CJ underscore uh, Teague. Danny, what would you just snap your fingers for? I just uh, I have an idea for our podcast that I keep thinking about and I keep forgetting to implement Oh, every time. Yeah. So next week, stay tuned for next week when we introduce a new element to the podcast, which I I am hopeful will increase our audience interaction. Give you give it it'll give you a chance to interact, and you can interact by DMing Danny at Daniel underscore M underscore Jones. <laughs> Cam never mentions that you can also reach out to him. Cam also has tweet me all your nice things <laughs> yeah. at CJ underscore compliments T. to Cam and criticisms to me. Yeah, um, subscribe to the Tribune at 
Uh, read all our work on Columbia Daily Tribune. Columbia Tribune. Um, Danny, cue that to music. Zoo's Sports Podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher.